0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Z Dunks NFL. This is our first episode into the offseason after our Super Bowl review. I have a special guest, Jordan. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm pretty good. I'm glad to be here. This is my first time doing something like this, so I'm really
0: excited. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. We uh we don't get enough Philly fans. That's a joke, by the way. <laughs> Alright, so this episode we are delving into hidden gems of the NFL. We're breaking down a list of 32 players, one from each team. That we both think are slept on stars of both the current and future NFL. The requirements for this? Each player must contribute greatly to the team this season, and despite that, they did lack sufficient praise or recognition of their performances this past season. So with that in mind, let's get into the NFC East. Off the bat, the Dallas Cowboys, my selection, Donovan Wilson, the strong safety. This guy had a hard hit against Dalvin Cook against the Vikings, and ever since then I started keying in on him week in, week out. This guy's rangy, he's fast, he's a lot stronger than people give him credit for. While Dallas was not known for being a good defense, they had a top 10 passing defense, and a big reason for that is Donovan Wilson. Who was your pick for Dallas? So, like you
1: said, they had a top 10 passing defense. I had Alden Smith, who resurrected his career. This is his first Good year man. playing off of his suspension. He had five and a half sacks, and he started to look like his old self toward the end of the season.
0: I really like that selection. He had some off-the-field issues, but he really started to get back into the flow of the NFL. Great selection. Moving on to a true and tried defense in the Washington football team, I selected Cameron Curl, the 7th router out of Arkansas. He was one of the highest graded rookies on pro football focus, but additionally, this guy is a turnover machine. He can blitz, he can tackle, he's incredibly rangy. This is the guy to build around for the future in that secondary. And no more Troy Apke, so Washington's got to be happy about that.
1: I also picked a defensive player. I picked Montez Sweat. He was a quarterback nightmare. Nine sacks, and he had his best year, and he's only going to continue to keep getting better. So look out for him.
0: Yeah, that's a great selection. He actually, in my mind, is the captain of that defense. Chase Young gets all the praise, but he got to give it up to Montez Sweat. The Philadelphia Eagles. Speaking of sweat, Josh Sweat was my selection for the Philadelphia Eagles. This guy did not start that often because of Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett on the edge, but he did rack up the third-most team sacks, and he was a he was havoc off the edge. The swim move is deadly. This guy's completely underrated, and I think the epitome of his play this season justifies a hidden gem.
1: Absolutely, Josh Sweat. Uh, he'll see a lot more playing time with Derek Barnett leaving, but I chose canadian alex singleton this guy was a ah. tackling machine and nobody knew who he was until nate gary got hurt and it ended up being a blessing in disguise he brought a fire a energy he was a sideline sideline guy he was <laughs> never shying away from
0: contact and hold if you had to find a bright spot on that linebacking core it was definitely alex singleton that's an awesome selection. absolutely the new york giants I'm giving I'm giving props to special teams. Graham Gano, the kicker, the most accurate kicker in the NFL, almost 97% accurate on his kicks this year. Did anybody give him credit? Did anybody know he had such a great season? He didn't even make the Pro Bowl. That's why he's my hidden gem.
1: Move out the way and all aboard the Wayne train. I had to go with Wayne, Wayne Gallman, <laughs> the former Clemson running back. I was a big fan of his in college. And he stepped up big time when Saquon Barkley went down, and he got the ball and he never looked back. He ran in between the tackles, he caught the ball out of the backfield. He was an all-purpose back, and he was huge for the Giants. And I absolutely loved watching him play. Even had him on my fantasy.
0: I mean, I mean, yeah, I know. I mean, especially when you look how he cut up the Seahawks. That's just a glimpse of what he can bring to the team. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be able to keep him this off season. Moving to the AFC East, what was once a dynasty in New England is no more. Still, there was a bright spot on that defense with Adrian Phillips, the strong safety. This guy's a tackling machine, led the team in tackles, which typically isn't a good sign, but we'll give credit where due. This guy, they found him off the Chargers, and he stepped in and was really a key piece in the linebacking core because... While he was a safety, he played in the box an awful lot this
1: time. Oh yeah, that's a great choice. I chose my favorite name, Chase Vinovich. He was great coming Ah. off the edge. He reminds me a lot of Kyle Van Noy, if I'm not mistaken. Long flowy hair, five and a half sacks. He was a force to be reckoned with, and he's only going to get better.
0: Yeah, he is underrated. Maybe one of the only redeemable pieces in my eyes on that New England pass rush. It
1: was one of the pieces that didn't opt out as well.
0: Yeah, that's, that's something to be said for. Going up to cold Buffalo, where Taryn Johnson, the nickelback, did an excellent job sleepily, sleepily under the radar, playing great ball behind Trey White and Levi Wallace this season. You might have known him after that 106 yard return against Lamar, or at the combine when he got hit in the head by the football running through the drills. Either way, Teron Johnson's here to stay.
1: He had the ultimate how it started versus how it's going. I chose the wide receiver, the rookie wide receiver from UCF, Gabriel Davis. He had eight touchdown catches, and he had lightning speed. and as I called him, Mr. Reliable, because every time Josh Allen threw the ball up, he was somewhere in the vicinity.
0: That's an excellent selection. You know, everyone gives credit to Diggs and even Beasley. Gabriel Davis was right there within all that Especially in the slot. Yep. Right there, right there. The pick for the New York Jets, in my eyes, was Connor McGovern. Now I know what you're thinking. Zach, how's an offensive lineman a hidden gem? And his pro football score would not indicate he had a good season. But it's the context and the availability that makes him a gem. Given the guard situation was an absolute disaster in New York amongst the entire season, Connor McGovern played all 16 games and I believe is going to be a core anchor for that offensive line to build on when they are rebuilding for the future.
1: I went with their offense, with their defensive, excuse me, their defensive lineman, and Williams. He was their first round pick last year and he was an absolute force up front. Even though he only had five and a half sacks, he was more of a disruptive force allowing their linebackers to flow and really just blowing up plays and causing havoc in the backfield. And he had a lot of QB hurries as well. I noticed
0: that. Yeah. Quinton Williams paired with John Franklin Myers could be a scary Scary. pass rush one day. Just give New York time to develop some of these young pieces. Uh, Moving to Miami. Talk about turnovers. Miami lived. They were a living, breathing takeaway machine last season. And big credit goes to Andrew Van Ginkle, the linebacker. This guy against the Rams had a fumble return for the touchdown. But he was involved in so many more ways than that, whether it was getting sacks, stripping the ball away, making great tackles in the open field. This guy is versatile and he's someone they can plug in and play next season.
1: For me, I didn't choose a player at all here. I chose the head coach, Brian Flores. He has turned Miami around in almost no time. And with Miami having the number three overall pick, it seems like it's going to be a case of the rich getting richer. What he has done with that defense and that offense is truly remarkable, and he definitely deserves to be a hidden gem for the Miami Dolphins.
0: I love that selection. Very out there, and that's what we love on this show. Great selection. Moving to the NFC North, Detroit, a very sorry franchise for what it's been very long. Romeo Acquire was my selection, the defensive end. If you haven't figured it out now, I'm a guy who loves defense, I think offense is very mainstream. Uh, Much like my music taste, I like to go underground with lots of my favorites. Romeo Quora led the team in sacks. Absolute stud off the edge. His cousin, Julian O'Quora, was drafted but was injured most of the season. I love this kid, and I think he's going to get a big franchise tag.
1: I chose the rookie running back, DeAndre Swift, who is from the Philadelphia area. Oh, this kid was absolutely electric with the most athletic moves. He reminded me a lot of Javit Best, his rookie year for the Lions. When I was watching this film, that's the only person I could think of. This guy is electric out of the backfield, and he is going to be huge for the Lions in years to come.
0: He looks like a video game character out there. Absolutely. Seeing his juke and spin moves, it looks He's like smooth. it looks like someone's usering him. Like someone's on the yeah. sticks.
1: He's so smooth. It looks like his feet never touched the ground.
0: That's a great way to talk about it. Talking about putting people on the ground, Belal Nichols, the defensive tackle for the Chicago da Bears, had a great season in the trenches. He was second on the team in sacks and was a big reason why Chicago revamped that defense. No, they're not what they used to be, but the defense wasn't terrible this year. They were just outside the top 10 in total defense, and Belal Nichols was a big pressure inside.
1: So, I have the most underappreciated yet overproductive guy for the Chicago Bears, and that's my opinion, David Montgomery. Yes, their offense is mediocre at best, but every time you looked at who was scoring a touchdown, it was David Montgomery. He did it on the ground, and he did it through the air. And at some points in time, he looks like that was the only production from the Bears offense. And, of course, he gets no love. So, my hidden gem, David Montgomery.
0: You know, I was really debating putting him on my Bears list. He was even on my list before I changed it for Nichols. The only reason I shied away is because he almost had a 1,000 yards, and he really was the bell cow for that team. But it is, nonetheless, a great selection. Moving to Minnesota, where Eric Wilson, the middle linebacker, got my vote. This guy, I don't know how to explain it. He's always in the right place at the right time. Minnesota, the leading sacks, was unique in Ngakwe. Who, if you know anything about Unique Ngakwe, he bounces around the league an awful lot. So for him to lead the league in sacks, they're not getting that much pressure. The linebackers and the corners are getting a lot of strain. Eric Wilson got picks, fumble recoveries, and was overall a nightmare in the middle of that defense.
1: I chose the exact same person, Eric Wilson, for all the exact same reasons. He was everywhere at once. In the words of Shaq, he was omnipresent. He he was... (laughs) absolutely everything to be such a young guy and to produce so much it was just really impressive and he didn't even get a pro bowl vote this year which was is just disrespectful that shocked me it is disrespectful so hidden gem has to go to eric wilson
0: yeah i 100 agree moving to green bay this might be the most underappreciated player on that star-studded offensive and offensive line in general in green bay Elkton jenkins okay stay with me guys he played right tackle left tackle left guard center this guy played almost i think he played all five positions this year but talk about his strength on the edge his strength in the run blocking department elkton jenkins is an absolute sleeper star at the offensive line spot
1: I would have to disagree. I think the most underrated person on that star-studded offense was the tight end, Robert Tanyan. Eight touchdowns, ah. and nobody ever knew who this guy was. By the week one, nobody had ever heard of Robert Tanyan. By the time they got to the playoffs, he became a household name. And once again, still didn't receive a Pro Bowl vote, so it has to go to Robert Tanyan for me.
0: I think Tanyan... Led the tight ends in touchdowns. I think he had double digits actually, but really excellent selection. He added another dimension that, you know, Rodgers didn't really need, but the MVP still had the option had he wanted to go to Tanyan. Moving to the AFC North, Pittsburgh. This selection, not a lot of people know this guy's name. Chuckwuma Okorafor. This guy slipped in that right tackle for Zach Banner after getting hurt against the Giants, played the rest of the season. Because of his availability, unlike Marquise Pouncey and Alejandro Villanueva, that made him a hidden gem in my eyes. Being able to step up and fill big shoes with Zach Banner's absence. I like this kid. And while he isn't amazing, he's someone to work, you know, work towards building on for the future.
1: I have to give you a lot of props for pronouncing that name correctly. That's impressive. But I would have to thank go you, thank you <laughs> with Deontay Johnson he led the lead, led the team sorry led the team in targets but he also led the team in drops so it's kind of up and down but when he did catch the ball oh he was fun to watch but my favorite thing to watch about him was his releases off the line he was so quick and his footwork was so precise it almost reminded me of Chad Johnson in his prime
0: oh wow yeah he he is a playmaker when he can catch the ball Yes, he's kind of like Evan Ingram in that sense, where when he catches the ball, he's pretty spectacular. He just needs to catch the ball. (laughs) Um, Talking about a team that struggles to catch the ball overall, the Bengals, they got Joey Joey Burrow. We'd love to see the kid play a full season. Unfortunately, that did not happen. T. Higgins, the first pick in the second round last year. Amazing. Out of Clemson, had over 900 yards, 905 to be exact. This guy's long. He's fast, he's physical, and he can win the highballs. So I love to see a guy that they can build on for the future, especially with the more and more likely AJ Green walking out the door.
1: I 100% agree so much that I chose the same player. He was Joey B's uh-huh. favorite target, and they played each other in the national championship in 2019. And I said, I said this to my friend while we were sitting there watching the game. If Joe Burrow gets a receiver like T. Higgins, he's going to be legit. And lo and behold, he got him. And boy was he impressive. He was such a sleeper, such a sleeper. I got him off the waiver wire in fantasy. And he lit it Ooh. up for me. Took me all the way to the playoffs until Joe Burrow got hurt. So, but he was just a dynamic receiver. He was big. And he did something very well that I noticed. He always kept the play alive. Whenever Joe Burrow started running around, he was right there to catch the ball.
0: Against the Eagles. Yep. He shredded us, but, you know, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. No hard feelings there. Real respect, real. All right. uh, Moving on to the Ravens. You know, the Ravens were the number one rushing offense in the NFL. So we have to talk about either Lamar Jackson or a running back. And I don't feel like talking more about Lamar than everyone else already does So I'm going to talk about Gus Edwards, who this guy's filled in for a majority of the season. J.K. Dobbins had a resurgence in the back end. But Gus Edwards is so underappreciated in the fact that he's starting caliber for a lot of teams that are needy in the running back department. He just doesn't get the appreciation because he gets drowned out in a sea of rushers on this offense.
1: I 100% agree once again, except I chose both Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. The way they stepped up, uh, through Mark after Mark Ingram's uh, injury, they reminded me. Uh, I might date myself a little bit, but they reminded me of Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams back in the day for the Carolina Panthers. They were kind of a slash and dash, and they just kept that Baltimore rushing offense on
0: track. I love that comparison, excellent callback to history. Moving talking about history one of the most storied terrible franchises in the nfl unfortunately cleveland browns i went defense with this selection bj goodson if you're picking a linebacker there were a couple options you know you could have gone sion takitaki mac wilson uh, jacob phillips but i decided to go with bj goodson this guy's a rangy tackler and he earned his veteran leadership in this league he plays hard he's a downhill thumper and a tackler i like bj goodson he's not fast laterally but He's a consistent starter.
1: I had to go with the offensive side of the ball. We all know that Cleveland was a smash-mouth play-action team, but the unsung hero of that offense was wide receiver Rashard Higgins. Now, when Odell Beckham went down, Higgins was thrust in the competition, and he stepped up and he manned up to the challenge. But what stood out to me is he never took a playoff. Even when he wasn't getting the ball, It was everything 100% effort, even in blocking, which is something you don't see too many receivers do nowadays. But when Higgins got the ball, oh, you knew it, and you knew for sure. He was great hands, electric out the slot, and he was great in the red zone.
0: Higgins and Peoples-Jones really impressed me in the last five games for Cleveland. No, definitely, definitely. So big props to them, uh, a lot of potential. Moving to the NFC West, where Jason Verrett, you know, everyone thinks it's Richard Sherman. No longer. It is Jason Verrett in that secondary. While the 49ers dealt with one of the worst injury-riddled seasons, much like their maligned Eagles, Jason Verrett stepped up. He took matchups versus DK. He took matchups against many other wide receiver ones and played very admirable. This guy had a resurgence, you could call it, but Jason Verrett's relevant once again.
1: Now I went offense for the 49ers i went brandon Ayuk, their wide, their rookie wide receiver and he was one of the most electric wide receivers coming out of college i wanted my eagles to draft him but we won't talk about that um (laughs) his play against my eagles when he hurdled uh one of our defenders going in for a touchdown i just sat on marcus abs sat on my couch watching the game saying i told you so because I knew this kid would be amazing he's big he's fast he has great hands and he's extremely versatile
0: yeah this kid can do it all he can play running back receiver put him in the slot put him outside do a, do do whatever he you can want. Return he's, punts. he's a small he's a small debo Samuel and when they get debo back boy look out boy when they get debo back um yeah we talk about scary this Ram's defense was number one in the league. That means they were, they were better than Washington. They were better than Pittsburgh. This was the number one defense in the NFL. And with stars like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, John Johnson, who stands out? Who's a hidden gem? Darius Williams. Coming in strong, knocking the ball away, getting pick sixes against Russ, really overall shining when the brightest star in the league at the position is on the other side of the football field. Great season for Darius Williams. I love this sneaky pick.
1: Yeah, he had a phenomenal season. I chose Darius Williams as well. He was Russell Wilson's worst enemy. And every time you've seen Darius Williams, he was always running with the ball in the opposite direction. He was an interception machine. And he reminded me, now, once again dating myself, but he reminded me a lot of Asante Samuel, the way he played zone. And when he was in man, it was just don't throw the ball that way.
0: Mm Mhm. Yeah, you know the Eagles found that out the hard way when they played them earlier. Sure, we did. I didn't watch that game. Williams had a red zone pick. Yup. Yup. Williams uh, played some phenomenal football, and he deserves that credit. So we're giving it to him. Talk about guys that do not get credit. It's easy to get overshadowed in this Arizona offense when you're in the likes of Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, and Nuke, aka DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk this season had a very productive year, manning the slot and sometimes the outside. I like his speed. I mean, just like he ran away from Byron Jones when they played the Dolphins, there's a lot of examples you can pull where Kirk looks like wide receiver number two material. Can he be consistent and can he stay off the injury reserve? That's the big question for this kid.
1: Christian Kirk was my number two choice. I liked what he did, so I'm not surprised you chose him, but I chill, I went defensive, which is nothing special in Arizona. But I chose their middle linebacker, Jordan Hicks. He had 78 tackles and he has a nose for a ball. Yeah, he, he was the same way in Philadelphia, but I guess they didn't see eye to eye. However, one man's trash is another team's treasure. And Jordan Hicks has been a phenomenal linebacker for the Arizona Card.
0: And everybody got wet for Isaiah Simmons but he was not the best linebacker or the most consistent linebacker. The two linebackers that played for Arizona, Devondre Campbell and your selection, Jordan Hicks. It's an excellent pick and he's a solid starter in the NFL. Great pick, man. So we talk about the last team in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. Now with a prolific offense in three-fourths of the year, you'd imagine I would go that route with so many choices like David Moore, maybe the backup running back in Carlos Hyde, but no. I stuck to my guns defense. And in defense, DJ Reed stepped up big when they lost Quentin Dunbar. Lost or benched. Whatever the reason, DJ Reed came in and played really solid football. There's a reason Seattle's defense improved in the back half of the year, is because they had more reliable plays from Jamal, Quandre Diggs, and of course DJ Reed.
1: So I went with the Se- Seahawks' prolific offense. But if you looked at the Seahawks' play, they didn't run the ball much. In fact, their running game was kind of average. However, they do have a great running back. His name is Chris Carson. He led the team in rushing. He was very electric. He could also catch out the backfield. He can do it all. And if they give him the ball a little bit more, I think he could have a
0: huge year. Do not forget about Chris Carson. Do not, do not, do not.
1: He Because he will make you pay.
0: He's just got to stay healthy. Absolutely. So best wishes to him. Moving over to the AFC West, the Denver Broncos. Tim Patrick was my selection at wide receiver. If you do not know his name, look up his highlights on YouTube right now. You'll see what I'm talking about. This guy's long. He's fast. I mean, there's so much to be desired in that wide receiver core, but they drafted Judy, and they were really hoping to have someone else. Maybe it was J.K. Hamler, K.J. Hamler, but they got it in Tim Patrick. Maybe it was right in front of them this whole time. He's lanky. He's fast. He's productive. Over 700 yards, he's no joke. For the Broncos, I went with the big guy inside, Noah Fant. I'll talk about
1: a productive tight end, old school tight end with great hands. He can get down the field. He can do all the dirty work inside the numbers, and he can block. He is your prototypical tight end and he became a safety blanket for drew Locke when he was playing
0: absolutely no offense you know some people are quick to judge because of his injuries but when he's on the field he's a top echelon tight end in my opinion uh let's talk about the raiders john gruden's team nelson aguilar who you should be familiar with led the team receiving over 900 receiving yards he caught the ball this year and he caught it a lot he was Derek carr's go-to man down the field And it's no surprise when you see how effective he is with his route running and breakaway speed. I was very impressed at Nelson Aguilar's ability to run the deep routes and catch the deep ball. That's one thing he really couldn't do consistently in Philly.
1: You're absolutely right. I chose Nelson Aguilar as well. And when I made this pick, I said he played up to his potential. Because in Philly, he only had one good year in 2017. And here we saw everything he could do. We saw his speed, we saw the hands that he didn't have in Philly saw his route running ability and we also saw him be able to beat coverages over the top. He lived up to his first round grade, and I as an Eagles fan, I really wish the best for him and hope he keeps succeeding because I was a Nelson Aguilar fan despite all the draw.
0: <laughs> I mean real res- recognize real and it it's good to see him finally it's good to see him finally, you know. Hit what he can hit. Moving to the Super Bowl losing Chiefs. I know it hurts now, guys, but your future's bright. You got Patty Mahomes. I'm not going with the offense though. I'm gonna go with that troublesome defense. Lejarius Sneed, the cornerback. I like this guy. They use him to blitz off the edge sometimes. He's handsy, which all the Chiefs' corners were if you watch the Super Bowl. A lot of penalties going on. But throughout the season, they can rely on this guy creating turnovers, getting an interception, and sometimes he gets drowned out by Tyron Matthews' hype. But really, if you're picking one or two other relevant guys on that defense, LeJarius Sneed has to be in that conversation.
1: I went with the offense, and I chose somebody who you typically wouldn't think about until the Super Bowl, and that was the tackle, Eric Fisher. And you saw how much he meant to this offensive line, and how much he meant to this offense in his absence without them it was a car with three wheels it just didn't roll right and patrick mahomes was running for his life and you he really 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 missed eric fisher and i hate to see a guy go down before one of the biggest games of his career but it just speaks volumes of how great eric fisher is of a tackle and he is in my opinion one of the most underrated
0: tackles of yeah this. it's really unfortunate mitchell schwartz couldn't do everything himself There's five positions at O-line, and they missed a big one that night. It's just how it goes. Moving to the Chargers. I know everyone's expecting me to go with the rookie of the year in Justin Herbert. I love the kid. He was my fancy quarterback, if that just testifies how much I do love him. But I'm going to stick with the offense. Jalen Guyton. He was third on the team in receiving yards, and he showed up big when Mike Williams got hurt, which he always does, by the way. Jalen Guyton's quick. He's speedy. And he, he stepped up in a pinch. When they needed someone to be that slot guy, that other dangerous piece, they, they relied on Guyton. So that's a good reason why he's a hidden gem.
1: So I went with the defensive side of the ball. And just not too long ago, the Chargers had a top-five defense. So I went with that rookie middle linebacker, Kenneth Murray. He led the team in tackles. And, boy, was he fun to watch. He was everywhere at once, just like Eric Wilson. And to see him play at such a high level as a rookie just goes to show what his potential could be in the coming years. He reminded me a bit of a healthy Quan Alexander.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of potential. And you love first rounders amounting to something. Whether it doesn't have Absolutely. to be it doesn't have to be Chase Young level, but you love the production that he's bringing to that defense. Absolutely, great selection. NFC South. Moving to the Falcons, or should we say, the professional choke artists of the NFL. The linebacker, Foye, or Foyasade, Aluakan. I love the way this guy plays. There's a sp- specific instance against the Panthers. And I know you like the Panthers, Jordan. Teddy Bridgewater rolled out to the right. It was a fourth and one. And the only thing standing between him and that first down was Foye Aluacan, because I can get his name. And he wrapped him up. He has such fast speed to the sidelines. This guy's a tackling machine, and he's underappreciated.
1: In defense of Teddy, if he hadn't injured his knee years ago, I'm pretty sure Teddy would have got that first down. That's neither here nor there. (laughs) But who I chose for Atlanta, in my opinion, is the most underrated linebacker in the league, and that's Debo Jones. Deion Jones. Talk about a fast linebacker. He's from LSU, so it's nobody's surprise. He's a linebacker with speed. He can He's a great cover linebacker and he's tough against the run and he's kind of undersized for a linebacker, which is surprising how strong he is against the run. But in my opinion, he is the most underrated linebacker in the entire league. So he has to be my hidden gem. Atlanta has a great one on their hands.
0: Yeah, it's funny we both chose linebackers, but not even the same one. And that defense isn't exactly top tier. So Interesting. They uh, have some promising pieces, I guess, when you actually break them them down. The Buccaneers. Super Bowl champions. Did they need Tom Brady? No, but it helps. Antoine Winfield Jr. It's rare for me to put rookies on lists last. It's really rare for me to put rookies. I want everyone to know there were a lot of rookies I wanted to, but this isn't a rookie. This isn't a rookie deal. It's a hidden gem deal. Antoine Winfield is an absolute beast. He's And I think he got better as the year progressed. He heated up against the Saints where he stripped Jared Cook of the ball. And then, of course, in the Super Bowl, we all know what happened. We all know how he stunted on Tyree Kill. Antoine Winfield Jr., really worth his value with that second-round selection.
1: I went with another LSU linebacker here. And everybody's going to say, oh, he's not a hidden gem. Yeah, he is. He doesn't have a Pro Bowl vote. And nobody knew his name until the Super Bowl. Well, not the Super Bowl, the playoff. And that's Devin White. See, as an as LSU fan, I've had the privilege to see this kid fly around and make plays like this for the last four or five years, so it's no surprise to me. He was doing this last year, and he was the reason he was a, a top first-round draft pick. This guy is the real deal. He runs a 4-5. He's strong in a hole. He can, he can cover plays. He can do everything. He might be the next great linebacker in the league. He might be the next Luke Keekly times 10.
0: Yeah, a lot of promise with him, and I think him and Levante David are one of the best, if not the best, linebacker duos in the NFL. So, there's something to be said there. Let's go to the Saints of New Orleans. Trey Hendrickson, okay? Everyone knows who Cameron Jordan is, but on the other side of that D-line, Trey Hendrickson. He led the NFL in sacks for a good portion of the season until he was overtaken by TJ Watt. I don't know how else to describe this player other than relentless. He keeps pushing, keeps stripping, keeps movement off the edge until he eventually gets home. He wreaks havoc, and he's a steady and reliable presence out there.
1: So, happy Fat Tuesday, everybody. So, since we're discussing New Orleans Saints, (laughs) I gotta go with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Outside of his little debacle against Chicago,
0: he had
1: one of his best seasons and Chauncey Gardner Johnson has become such an intricate part of that New Orleans secondary which is one of the best in the league and he what he does for that secondary is unmatched he plays well in in coverage and he's not afraid to come up in contact either and that's what you love from a strong safety
0: right and it makes sense we both pick defense given the Saints were top five this season a lot of promising pieces on all three levels in that star-studded squad. Uh, Let's move to the Panthers, who I know you have a special interest in. Who else was I gonna pick other than Jeremy Chin? Come on, you've put me on a limb, and I'm going with Jeremy Chin. The guy is a safety, drafted as one, but he played as a linebacker. What else can be said about someone who can fly around and make tackles, just as well as he can pick the ball off the ground and run it into the end zone? Yes, I'm talking to you, Minnesota. Jeremy Chin, just like Antoine Winfield, excellent value in that second round.
1: So the guy I gotta pick for the beloved Carolina Panthers is he stepped up huge for this team in Christian McCaffrey's absence. That's running back Mike Davis. He was able to do it all and seeing how well he did in Joe Brady and rookie offensive coordinator Joe Brady's offense. He stepped up and they didn't miss a beat. He filled huge shoes and he was a viable fantasy option for if you, if you caught on to Mike Davis. So I hope
0: you did, but hidden gem, Mike chew all aboard the Mike Davis train while the McCaffrey Express was laid up in the shop. Really excellent pick there. He was completely viable for a starting running back this year. So, great pick. Moving to the AFC South, the Texans. You know, their management's a disaster. Their play was a disaster. But I think there is a bright spot on that defense in Tyrell Adams. This guy, he had a special game against the Lions. On Thanksgiving he made several open field tackles and crunching hits inside the goal line situation Tyrell Adams is gonna be a piece to build on whether you know know his name now you're gonna learn it later Tyrell Adams
1: I also went defense I went Justin Reed and he was stood out about to me about him to me he was a playmaker in that secondary he came up and made big plays in the backfield he was great in coverage and he does favor a lot of his brother Eric Reed's playing style back at safety. Of course, they differ a bit, but they are very similar. And they're both great safety, so you love to see them go at it when they do.
0: Right. Another nod to the defense. Texans have a few pieces to build on, but a lot of work needs to be done. Move to the Colts. Another top five defense this year. For a large portion of the year, this was the number one defense. Julian Blackman, the rookie. Man, I guess I did like the rookies a little bit in this segment. Julian Blackman, I thought, played excellent. Look what he did against the Bengals. Look what he did against several teams, giving him opportunities to strip the ball, get interceptions, just be in the right place at the right time. He can hit hard, he can cover deep, he can cover short. Excuse me. Julian Blackman can do it all.
1: So, for the Colts, I also went defense. But I went with a guy who revitalized his career in Indianapolis, and that's Xavier Rhodes. After he left Minnesota, people were really down on him. But he came to Indianapolis, and he almost picked up where he left off. Great pass coverage, and he's getting back to his normal self. And we all know how good Xavier Rhodes can be. So I expect even bigger things from him next year in this loaded Colts team.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens free agency-wise with him but this was a nice resurgence because he was locked down and he was regarded as top, top five and then he kind of fell off. But now, now he's resurging in the right direction, which you love to see. Moving to the Titans, the Titans. Corey Davis, who I know he was a top five selection a few years back, but this guy is completely underappreciated on an offense that primarily runs the ball. Derrick Henry, Offensive Player of the Year, had over 2,000 rushing yards. That means the receivers don't get that much love, and with A.J. Brown a pro bowler on the other side of the field, Corey Davis misses a lot of attention. This guy's rangy, fast, and he makes spectacular catches like one against the Bengals, a toe-drag-swag situation. I love Corey Davis, and I think he's under
1: I went with offense as well, but I didn't go wide receiver. I went tight end, big John New Smith. Oh, he's, isn't he's just so much fun to watch. He can get it done in the red zone. He can get it done in between the tackle. He has great hands. He has excellent hands. He reminds me, dating myself again, he reminds me of a young Mercedes Lewis for the
0: Jacksonville
1: Jaguars.
0: Huh? Yeah. I mean, he is he is big. I mean, he's a lot faster than Mercedes, and he can oh yeah he can catch the ball. So I mean, look what he did against the Jaguars this year out the yeah. gates. Tannehill loves. Loved him in that matchup.
1: He became a safety blanket for Tannehill when A.J. Brown was covered. Yep,
0: yep. So, great selection there. The final team we're covering on this show is my team, my beloved Duval Jacksonville Jaguars, James Robinson. There's no other selection to be made here. In my eyes, he should have been a Pro Bowler, completely snubbed as an undrafted rookie out of Illinois State rushed for over a thousand yards, was a beast in the passing department, and the best way to explain how he plays, he just keeps going. He's a bulldog. He keeps falling forward, keeps ripping off. He's not gonna wow you. Sure, he broke off a few runs here and there, but he's not insanely crazy with his juke or spin move. He's just a durable, consistent, downhill runner, and he piles up the yards that way. I love this kid.
1: Urban Meyer is going to enjoy James Robinson. But I went with the guy that people had kind of written off and people were afraid afraid to draft. I went with the rookie. I went with what they call Visca. I went with Visca Chenault Jr. This guy showed why he should have been taken earlier in the draft. He had great hands, great speed, huge guy, extremely athletic. Oh, and he's going to keep growing. He's going to get better, and I can't wait to see it. Because as soon as Jacksonville gets that quarterback situation settled, they're going to have a fantastic one-two combination with DJ Chart and LaVisca Chanel.
0: It's very exciting, and we could even draft a wide receiver. There's that one for Florida that looks pretty good. We could get a tight end. There's a lot of options we could go with. I'm, I'm very excited. LaVisca, the one thing that sets him apart from a lot of rookies is he's essentially a running back once he catches the ball. He's a receiver and his route running's really crisp. But when he catches the ball, he barrels through people. He fights and fights and fights. And he is six foot, but he's like 240 pounds. The dude's a walking muscle.
1: He reminds me of Brandon Marshall after the catch.
0: That's a great comparison.
1: A lot of people don't remember. Once Brandon Marshall caught the ball, he was a menace to take down. You weren't bringing him down with one guy. No, he had a lethal stiff arm. And it was extremely hard to get
0: there. Yeah, you got to be excited. I mean, I'm a Jags fan, so we're in complete rebuild. But the exciting thing is once you hit the number one pick, ground, like, rock bottom, you really can only go up, you know?
1: Absolutely.
0: I want to thank you, man, for taking time out of your day to be on the show. This was an excellent, excellent breakdown of all the hidden gems we believed. Uh, One second, I want to take a little time out to plug my... YouTube channel again it's Donks NFL on YouTube we have great content reviewing all teams all 32 teams season reviews I keep them between 10 and 15 minutes there's gonna be something for everybody on that channel just every week there's gonna be a new episode so stay tuned additionally man is there anything you would like to say to the listeners
1: hey thank you guys for allowing me to come on here thank you Zach for allowing me to come on here Uh, I hope to be on here again I had a great time And I hope to talk to you all again soon.
0: Yeah, excellent guest. Real class act. It was quite the episode, guys. Let us know your thoughts, and we hope you have a great week.